Welcome to Valley Creek. We are a movement of hope for the city and beyond, and we're so glad you're listening to our podcast today. Whatever platform you're on, hit the subscribe or follow button so you get notified each week when a new message releases. Also, check out Valley Creek Plus for the latest resources to help you as you follow Jesus. And we'd love to stay connected with you. You can find us on your favorite social media platform or on valleycreek.org. Now let's join with all our campuses as we jump into our message today. You see, over the past six, seven weeks or so, we've been in this series, in this season, just called the Hope Carrier Initiative. It's been a long time coming for our church. We've been praying and preparing for this for a really long time, and we kind of didn't know what was going to happen, how God was going to move. We just moved into it by faith. And uh, it's kind of interesting when you're willing to give over your plans to the Lord, how he takes them and changes them. But he always makes them better. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for a hope and a future. It's always good when we entrust it to the Lord. You see, today was the day we were going to end that series. And we had a whole thing planned on how we were going to end it and how we were going to kind of commission you to be hope carriers and all those things. And here's what I would say to you. We're probably about halfway through the series. And so as we get ready to kind of go into this little period of time, spring break, where everybody kind of has spring break at different times and places and school districts and all the different things. And and everybody needs a breath in their life, what we just wanted to do was just take a moment to then respond to that which God has been doing. You see, we've said a hope carrier is a disciple of Jesus who lives on mission to change their world. We've been talking a lot about this concept of being a disciple, a student, a learner, a follower, one who becomes like the one that they're following. A disciple is not someone who just trusts in Jesus to get to heaven when they die. No, they they believe that the, the life of Jesus is what's available to them in the here and now. And so they're saying, Jesus, teach me. Be my teacher. Teach me how to be a good husband. Teach me how to be a good wife. Teach me to be a mom or a dad. Teach me to be a business person. Teach me how to be a student. Jesus, teach me how to live in the kingdom of heaven in the here and now in the midst of a world that is lost, lonely, dying, and broken. Teach me, Lord. That's why Jesus says, come and follow me. Not, hey, pray a prayer and go your own way. And when you die, I'll be there waiting for you. No, no, follow me in the here and now. And I'm going to give you abundant life, a new life right now. And so over these last six or seven weeks, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, We've probably gone 15 to 20 minutes over every message. So really you've had about, you know, uh, 12 to 14 weeks worth of content in the last six or seven, and you've done a great job of being gracious and being open and saying, I want to hear God speak and I want to be a part of what God is doing. And I'm willing to linger a little bit longer because when God is moving, I'm willing to alter my life and my plans to be a part because I want to receive that which he offers. But I acknowledge fully that we've covered a lot of ground. And so we just kind of need to stop to take a breath and respond. 
You see, Jesus, at the end of his most famous sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount, after he preaches what it looks like to live in the kingdom of heaven, here is what he says when he closes it all out. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Fascinating words from Jesus at the end of the most famous, most important sermon that's ever been preached. He says, hey, I'm really glad that you heard all of this, but if you don't put it into practice, you are choosing to be a fool. That's what he says. He says, I, I know we've said some really good things here. I know you've heard things you've never heard before. That's what he's saying to the crowd, because literally they have never heard anything like what Jesus has said before. And he says, if you do not put this into practice, you're choosing to be a fool. But if you choose to put it into practice and you by faith apply it and your faith moves you to action, and even if you don't understand it, you choose to obey it. Then you choose to be wise, wise. And when the brokenness and the storms of this life come, because they will come for both the wise man and the foolish man, you will not fall because you're living in a superior reality. You're living from the kingdom towards this earth instead of getting lost in the cloudiness and the confusion and the chaos of this world. We always want to be people who don't just hear, but actually obey, put it into practice, move forward by faith. And if you've been a part of our church for the last couple of years, you hear me are saying this more and more and more because this is the difference between a wise person and a foolish person. They both hear the same things. The wise man just chooses to practice it. And I love that Jesus chooses the word practice. He fully acknowledges that you don't get it right away. And that it's going to take you some time. And that you might trip up a little bit here and there. And you might not fully get it. And you might have a partial piece of the revelation, a part of the theology. But if you just have the faith to say, Jesus, I'm practicing, I'm trying. He says, great, my grace is sufficient for you. And it will work out all things along that journey. The question is just, are you willing to put it into practice? Nobody would, nobody would trick themselves enough to think I can become a great musician just by listening to good music. I mean, you can listen to all the best musicians of all time. All of it's on Spotify. I'm not even going to try to name names because I ain't losing you over that. <laughs> but no one would convince themselves to think if I just listen to two hours of great music a day, I'll be a great musician. You'll have a great vision for what good music sounds like, 
and you'll enjoy the good music, but unless you start practicing playing music, you will never become a great musician. None of us in this room think that we will become the next greatest NFL superstar by just watching Sunday NFL Ticket. We know that, right? Like if you really want to become a professional football player, you got to go and practice. Doesn't matter how much of it you watch, how much of it you hear, you got to practice. It doesn't matter how many times you come to church and listen to what's said. If you don't ever practice it, you'll never become like Jesus. And the worst part about it is you'll convince yourself into thinking that you are. It's like those fantasy football players that think they know more. In fact, James, Jesus's little brother later says the same thing. He says, humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I love that. Humbly accept it. Can I ask you a question over these last six, seven weeks? Have you had a posture of humility with God's word? Have you opened up your heart and your life and your mind to basically just have this sense of humility? Like, like God, whatever you say, I want to receive it. Whatever you say, Lord, I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to argue it. I'm not going to let my tradition, my background, my experiences, my preference, my opinions come against that. I just want to humbly open up the soil of my heart and say, plant your word right here, Lord. I want to receive it. And I don't want to just listen to it. I actually want to do what it says. And I love it says you're going to deceive yourself. So much of the church at large, we live our lives so deceived because we know it, but we don't do it. And we have a thousand reasons why we don't do it. That's irrelevant. The real question is, is do I have the faith to just say, I've heard. I now choose to obey. Faith and action hearer and doer. Because you say so, Lord, I will do it. Because you say it is so, Lord, I will believe it. Because this is what you have declared. I will receive it. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't understand it. But you said it. So I will do it. Even if it costs me everything. Because to not do it costs me even more. See, we spend so much of our lives thinking about what obedience costs us, never flipping the equation and thinking, how much does disobedience actually cost me? Oh, it's going to cost me something to obey God. You're right. It sure will. But it'll cost you even more to not obey God because you miss out on the life that he offers you in the here and now. In fact, one more. I love Jesus. It says to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Everybody in the world basically knows verse 32, right? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We just forget that it starts with then. And anytime something starts with then, you have to go to the if, right? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. No, no. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If there's a then, what's the if? The if is if you hold to my teachings, if you obey, if you continue in my word, 
If you put into practice that which I have said, then you will know the truth, not know information, no experience. Then you will experience the truth and that truth, that experience will set you free. So if I want to be free, I got to experience the truth. And if I want to experience the truth, I have to obey or hold to the teachings. And what do I obey? What do I do? One more word above it. Believe. To believe something is to act as if it were so. This, these two verses, like I'm preaching and I'm not supposed to right now, but like take them and think about them later. To believe something is to act as if it were so. So Jesus is saying, if you believe, you will act as if it were so. So you will hold to my teachings. You will obey. You'll put them into practice. You will take a next step of faith. Then you will experience the truth. The truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So it's actually, I'll experience the very life of Jesus himself. And that is the very thing that sets me free from all the hangups and hurts and sins and brokenness and flesh and the things around me in this world. And then, and then we know that we're really his, what does it say? Disciples. Why? Because a disciple is a learner, a student, a follower, one who becomes like the one they're following, one who says, you are teacher, you are rabbi, you are Lord, and you know better than me, and I don't get it, and I don't know it, but I want to be free, so i got to experience the truth. So if you say it, I'll do it, and I'm learning to believe, to act as if it were so, because I don't want to just say I believe it, I actually want to live like I do believe it. Okay? So that's a lot. You're like, I thought we were responding. We are. We're about to right now. But this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like to actually be disciples, to actually live in the kingdom, to walk forward with Jesus together. And so if you've got your Hope Carrier Field Journal, will you take it out? Hope Carrier Field Journals. We gave these out the first few weeks of this series to anybody and everyone who wanted one. We told you, man, bring this with you every single week because we're believing by faith that God is going to speak to you, that you're going to discover some amazing things along the way. And if you didn't get one, you can get them. They're available at hopecarrier.com. You can get as many as you want to give to people or for yourself, or if you've run out and already filled out all the pages, go ahead and get another one if you've taken that many notes. But, it, but if you will pull this out and if you will turn to page 38 or 42, based on the field journal that you have. If you have the leader edition, it's 38. If you have the regular edition, it's page 32. Leader, excuse me, 42. Page 42 or 38, one or the other of them. Put, put the slide up for, for, the, for them guys so they can see. This is the page you're looking for. And leaders, remember we said at the leader summit, we said the success of this whole thing is gonna be based on how you lead it. So my question for you is, is are you leading it? If you're a leader and you didn't bring your field journal with you today, I would challenge you on that because we talked about how important it is for you to go first and to lead the way and to engage conversations. And if you don't have one, you can grab your phone or a piece of paper and a pen because here's what we're going to do. We're just going to take a few moments. We're going to pause. We're just going to ask the question, what's the Holy Spirit been saying to you? And what's one next step he's inviting you to take? I'm going to give you a few minutes of silence, and I just want you to stop and say, what's the Holy Spirit been saying to you? 
And then what's one next step he's inviting you to take? We've talked about so many things. We've talked about changing your world. We've talked about the theology of work. We've talked about living under an open heaven. We've talked about the garden city and how we're ruling and reigning with God, taking raw materials and turning them into the eternal future. We've talked about garden theology, about how any area in life, when we just go back to God's design, it teaches us what's true. We talked about the kingdom and a surrendered will and, and ruling and reigning and words and actions. And that's how a king oversees his domain. And we have a domain. And how are we overseeing our domain with our words and our actions? We've talked about being broken and humble before the Lord, like a broken stallion that can be used by its rider to his master to go into amazing places. We've talked about the gospel, the good news of the kingdom that's bigger than salvation someday. And the three circles discovering who we are, who God is and what we were created to do. I mean, so many things. So here's the question. What's the Holy Spirit been saying to you? I just want you to listen for a moment. And if you're new and you're like, bro, today's my first time. Okay. What's God saying to you today? Because the Bible tells us that his sheep know his voice and that all who belong to him hear his voice and that the Holy spirit is the guide, the counselor, the comforter of our lives. So what if he just said, Holy spirit, would you just speak to me? Maybe you need to look at the last few pages of notes that you've taken, like go back, like just what has he been saying to you? And then what's one next step he wants you to take? I just want to give you a few minutes of silence to just act like God is real and that God is speaking to you. Sometimes one moment of silence can do more than a hundred hours of speaking. And sometimes the reason we don't hear God speak is not because he's not speaking. It's because our lives are so loud that we can't hear the whisper of a spirit. Here's what I know, that God is good and he's good to you and he's speaking 
if you have the heart to listen? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you, to your life, to your reality? And then what's the next step that he's inviting you to take? That's where he's trying to disciple you. That place, whatever you wrote down, whatever you're sensing, whatever you're feeling, that's the place that Jesus is saying, that's where I want to be your teacher. That's where I want you to come and follow me. Maybe your next step is something huge and, and big, like giving your business to God. Maybe it's something small, like just saying, I'm just going to do the reading plan and read through the New Testament by faith, even though I don't want to. Maybe you're saying, I don't understand it. I don't get it. That's okay. But here's what I need you to understand. What we're doing right now, this is what hope carriers do. Part of what I'm trying to do in this series is not just teach you, but also model things to you. This is what hope carriers do. Here's what hope carriers don't do. They don't consume, 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 and never respond. Hope carriers are disciples. So they hear listen and then they respond they get taught and then they try it out try it out think of the disciples they watch jesus heal the sick raise the dead preach the kingdom cast out demons and then not too long into the game he says now you go and do it he says i've taught you now go try it and we've talked about it. This is Luke 9 and 10. It's a disaster. And Jesus loves them. And one chapter later says, let's try it again. And that time it clicked and they come back rejoicing. Even the demons submitted to us in your name. Jesus is like, I know. So I've been telling you, but we got to try it. We got to practice. So here's what, I, here's what I know the Holy Spirit is not saying. He's not shaming you. He's not condemning you. And if you feel bad or guilty right now, you're listening to the voice of the world, not the voice of heaven. Because the voice of heaven, even if you're off track, is drawing you back by the grace of God and saying, there's a better way. There's new life. I know you've tried to beat this 50 times, but the 51st time with my grace and my spirit, that's going to be the time we're going to break through. So. This isn't a open up my journal and make me feel bad. In fact, I feel bad for not bringing my journal that you might feel bad about that may be probably should on that one, but anything other than that, anything other than that is not the Lord. He's speaking and breathing life into your soul saying, come with me. And this is the thing. Remember first week I told you this is the difference between good American church and kingdom come good American church doesn't do what we're doing right now because it's too risky. It's, it's not comfortable. It's not convenient for anybody. And it's like, no, 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 this is supposed to be comfortable. And some of you are sitting in your little spot and you're like, this is not comfortable. This is not convenient nor entertaining. I know, but there's no life transformation in that either. And there are a lot of places where that's available. We're just trying to say, we just, we just really want to say, Jesus, I want your kingdom to come. And so I don't know, I take all the boundaries and the barriers off 
Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And it's God breathed and it's useful for teaching and correcting and rebuking and training me in righteousness so that I may be thoroughly equipped for every good work you have for me. And so I just say, Lord, I, I like open myself up to that, which you want to do fully acknowledging that nobody really knows how to do it. And it's uncomfortable and it's inconvenient and I won't feel entertained. In fact, now I'm, I'm conf see here's kingdom come is I am now confronted with something. That's why we don't like it. This is, I can leave here, high five somebody in the atrium and say, that was good church today and go about my life. You're right. You can. I'm sorry. You have now just been confronted with something that God's speaking to you and inviting you to respond to by faith. You now have a will and through your words and your actions, you get to decide what you do in your domain. Are you going to now submit it and surrender it to his words and his actions, his kingdom? Or are you going to say, no, nah, I'm going to do it my way. That's what we don't like about this space, but this is the only space that brings us into the image and likeness of Jesus and allows us to see his kingdom come and allows us to live in the freedom of all the promises that Jesus declares are available. And so few of us ever live. And we wonder where is this life that Jesus promises us? It's not here. It's not here. Come follow me. Lose your life and you'll find it. That's the great invitation of Jesus. And this is the journey that we're on, which is why this is so inspiring. What a time to be alive. What a time to be a part of Valley Creek. What a time to be a follower of Jesus. What a time to say, Lord, I want to live under an open heaven and see your kingdom come and your will be done in the here and the now. And I don't get it, but I choose to follow by faith. One last verse for you. Mark chapter four, Jesus says, consider carefully what you hear with the measure you use. It will be measured to you. And even more, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. Jesus says, Hey, if you're willing to respond to the revelation that I've entrusted to you, I will give you even more. Consider carefully. What is consider carefully? If you're really going to consider something carefully, it really literally means to steward it. Think about it. Go back through it. Relook at your notes. Go watch the messages again. Memorize something. Engage the reading plan. Uh, uh, confess and repent to someone else. Acknowledge the struggle in your own life. That's what it means. It's like, Lord, I, I, I don't want to miss what's about to come. I want to consider carefully what you have given me so you can entrust me with what you want to give to me. Obeying what's in front of us is how we get access to that which is beyond us. And God has some great things. See, here's what we're going to keep talking about in this series. We're going to talk about dreaming with God. We're going to talk about living empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about what does it look like to have a powerful prayer life to bring forth God's kingdom? What does it look like to have kingdom characteristics flowing through you in the areas of life that you go? There's so much more. That's probably a lot of the change your world that we thought we were going to be, but, but God wanted us to stop on disciples. So, so, so to get there, you have to say like, okay, Lord, and this is my whole point. You don't have to get everything we've talked about for the last seven weeks. I don't even get it all, but I would so challenge you and so encourage you. And I will be praying for you that you will take that one thing that you wrote down today and just take that one step. 
because one baby step is to act as if it were so means I believe that something he says is greater than what I am doing. So I will act as if it were so not a leap. God's not asking you to take a flying leap. Just, just one, just one between now and the other side of spring break and watch what God will do. That's it for today. That actually was like a full sermon time. It wasn't supposed to be, but see, there's a lot to say because God's moving. And so here's the deal. You're getting out a little early. My encouragement for you is don't rush off because this is church. Sit in your seat. Listen to God. Come down and get prayer. Stay in the atrium and meet somebody. If you say I'm an introvert, I don't know how to meet anybody. Come down to the front or go to the guest tower. Me too, man. I would hate standing in the atrium. I'll be like, oh my gosh. So I've already thought about here's how I would do it. I would go find someone that like serves here that looks like they know what they're doing and just go introduce myself and think of the one question I want to ask. And then I feel like, okay, at least I've got in the water. All my introverted friends, I'm with you, but meet somebody. Cause you need a life giving community to follow Jesus with, to be a hope carrier because the pull of the world will pull you this way. But other disciples of Jesus will say, no, 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 no. Come on. We're going this way. We're going this way. Let's go together. So Jesus, thank you so much for what you're doing in among us, around us and through us. Lord, we choose to submit and surrender our lives to you. Thank you God for this season that we're in as a people of God not individuals of God, people of God, a community of faith. What a time it really is to be alive that you determined that we would be alive here and now of all the, the places and all the times of history you picked and created and crafted us because you have something for us and you put us in this family because you have uh, relationships and life and healing and restoration and transformation for us. And so Lord, we just ask, Lord, I ask, that your spirit would comfort, that your spirit would counsel, and that your spirit would empower us to take one next step forward on our journey with you. Jesus, we want to be disciples who live on mission and change their world with you. In Jesus' name we pray.